Welcome to the Physician Associate Podcast. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Physician Associate Podcast. My name is James, and today I'm delighted to be joined by two PA students to have a discussion all about what it's like to be a Physician Associate student. Welcome to the show, Alex and Alana. Alex, do you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, hi everyone. So I'm Alex Lukowski, and I'm a current Physician Associate student at St. George's. And Alana? Um, my name's Alana. I'm a recent PA graduate from Brighton Sussex Medical School and the outgoing national student representative for the FPA. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks both so much for joining me on the podcast today. I thought it'd be really useful to have a discussion about the realities of life as a physician associate student, getting onto the PA course, what it's like actually doing the course when you're in the throes of it and going through nationals and finding jobs and all those kind of things. So thank you so much. Alex, do you want to start us off? Just tell us about you, how you got into PA school, what you were doing before and what attracted you into being a PA student. I basically went to Birmingham University where I studied biomedicine, which like a lot of PA students, it's what they do beforehand for their undergrad. I really enjoyed it. However, I, it made me realize that I was really kind of yearning for a more clinical environment. So really seeing the application of what I'm learning in real people. So that's when I started researching on what I should do afterwards. But actually, I guess it's kind of personal, but um, my partner was going through the foundation program at the time. So he's a doctor and he was doing his foundation training. And <laughs> honestly, that watching him go through that, that really changed my mind into whether I'd want to go into medicine or not. It made me realize that actually physician associate studies is something that I'd prefer to do for, for so many different reasons. And yeah, now I'm in my second year currently. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it and definitely happy with the decision that I made. That's really interesting. That resonates for me as well, I think, in terms of why I chose to be a PA. Can you elaborate a bit on what it was that you felt put you off medicine as a career? Like I said, so watching him or, or watching any doctor really kind of go through the foundation training, the the dedication that it requires and to be honest, the massive sacrifice that it, that it requires as well of not just your kind of normal nine to five, but also your evenings, your nights, your weekends, it really does take over your whole life. And I think you have to be either completely, completely in love with medicine to really enjoy that aspect or just kind of put up with it. I didn't want to do the latter and I didn't have, you know, kind of that massive, massive love for it. I still love it, but I wanted to almost do it on my terms. And I think a lot of people really resonate with that. And I think it's, it's people tiptoe around that, but that is the general feeling is that we all really enjoy it. And we, we love the patient interaction and we love whatever kind of, you know, roughly specialty, whatever we go into, whether it's GP, AMU or any other ones. But we don't want it to take over our whole life. And the social, like the work-life balance really does play a massive part in people's decisions. So that was my kind of main drive among other little things. I think that's so true. And perhaps something that I didn't know at first when I was a PA student but looking at the doctors when they have to rotate jobs every few months in their foundation year, they have to rotate hospitals every year. They have to move across the country to get training posts in their specialty. Those years can be really disruptive and really quite difficult if you're trying to set down roots or 
have a mortgage or start a family in those years as well. One of the beauties of being a PA, I think, is it's a permanent job and you're able to stay in your area, in your department where you choose, isn't it? It's, it is a big plus. Alana, how about you? I'm not too dissimilar. I, I did my undergraduate degree in biomedical science. I took a uh, placement year during that in which I worked developing drug tests with both lab experience and taking that to clinical trials um, with drug rehabilitation patients. It was only when I was there that it kind of dawned on me that actually I was starting to prefer the person-patient interaction than I was the lab work. And I enjoyed my experience and my degree thoroughly, but it was very much that kind of, no, I, I need to go down the route of something more more clinical, more patient interaction. Um, and that's when I started digging around and and like you, Alex, you look into medicine because th- that's what most people know of. Then you kind of find the PA route as well. Um, and yeah, my my decision was was similar that actually the number of years training it was and the working conditions that actually PA sounded like the more attractive route. And yeah, here I am. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can you guys cast your minds back to your interviews and applying to PA school and what that process was like? Have you got any advice for anybody who potentially might be listening? This isn't the first time I've been asked that. I have quite a few people that contact me on social media asking about this advice. Um, And I would say, honestly, do your research into the profession and what being a PA is compared to being a doctor or um, compared to being an advanced clinical practitioner. If you're coming from a nursing or paramedic uh, background that would be suitable for following that route making sure you know what the university you're interviewing for offers what facilities they have how they encourage your learning some universities are more taught some universities encourage more individual independent learning and yeah yeah so I definitely agree with everything Alana just said I think something that I always say whenever people ask me and this is mainly for your actual written application but also very relevant for when it comes to your interview is that I think something that really makes you quite successful as an applicant and it really helps the, the admissions team like see who you really are and see whether you, you fit is really emphasizing on your previous experiences that are medical slash clinical, you know, anything, anything related to that, anything that could be helpful and really breaking it down. So saying, this is what I did and this is what I've learned and maybe even like this is where I messed up and actually drawing all, on all that, this is the experience that I now have that can be useful for me as a PA student and me as a qualified PA. Uh, I have to really agree. I quite often get asked, what should I get experience in to help my application? And I'll be honest, there's no one specific thing that's going to help you more than any other. Whether you're a healthcare assistant or assistant in a care home, it's what you're you're learning from it, what you're taking away, what you can can bring to a team. The transferable skills are what what they're looking for from your previous experience. Is the George's course a year teaching and a year placement? Yeah, so I think every at least UK PA program I think is two years, but then every university does it slightly differently. So at St. George's, for example, your entire first year is just university-based. So it's just lectures, 
Um, but then once a week, you have a GP placement for the whole day. And that was really useful. That really helps you solidify everything that you've learned and apply it with actual patients that you see. So I really, really appreciated having that all of last year. And then I'm currently in my second year. And this entire year, you're just on different placements. So you'll be in different hospitals doing all the different specialties. And Alana, is it the same at Brighton and Sussex where you trained or was it the course set up differently? Yeah, it was really similar. The first year, predominantly teaching, a day a week in GP. And the second year, then your secondary care placements and returning to GP for about four weeks, I think. So, yeah, very similar course structures. So where I trained was at UEA in Norwich and they did it very differently. So we started in January and it's worth, I guess, probably pointing out that some PA courses don't always start in September. There's different calendar start dates. And instead of doing a whole year of university and then a whole year of placement, our course was split into sort of modules. So we did seven or eight weeks at uni and then seven or eight weeks at placement. So we'd have a block at uni learning cardio and resp, and then we'd go and do our cardio resp placements at hospital. And then we'd come back to uni and do the next block, mental health or GP. And then you'd go out and do those placements directly afterwards. So it sort of built up slowly. And for me, I really liked that because it was a sort of, learn a bit, apply it, come back and, and and sort of by the time you were getting towards the end of the university block, you were like, yep, I'm ready. I want to go and see some patients. I want to go and put this knowledge into practice. And then you'd get towards the end of that placement block and you'd be like, right, I want to learn some more stuff now. I want to go back to uni. So that really suited me. So that's why I chose to study there. How do you guys find the sort of whole year didactic and then the whole year placement set up? Is it, are there benefits of that that you're noticing? I would say that it, it's a lot like in first year it's a lot of learning it's pretty relentless and you you find yourself barely finishing up learning about one system before you're dumped with a load more work for the next and you feel like you're always trying to play catch up if you you don't keep on top of things um uh the day in gp each week is really nice kind of variety to that and um you know getting your history taking basics down being able to apply some of what you've learned in the classroom um and a nice kind of gentle introduction to placement and then second year comes and I don't know about you Alex or even James but you do definitely feel like you're dumped in the deep end and you want to make the most of it uh you can feel a bit lost but I would say that I I found myself really taking experiences from my first placement and bringing them to the next and and finding my feet that way and there's some light at the end of the tunnel um yeah I think the overall picture is that it does always seem like a lot you just have to take it bit by bit and and um you know if there are any really big concerns you're having whilst during your teaching year or your placement then you know contacting your university as soon as possible to see if they can help you out in that brilliant thank you guys so could you explain a little bit about what the realities day-to-day are like being a PA student I think it's important going into this course knowing what the realities are so especially with your first year you need to be prepared for a very very fast-paced environment 
it's very different to an undergraduate course. This very much is a postgraduate course. A lot of it will be your own learning. And I think you can spend the time kind of wondering, why are we going so fast? Why is it so hard? But it's just the way it is. And you have to accept that very early on. Otherwise, you will just be miserable. So <laughs> once you've accepted that, it is very fast-paced. You move, depending on what university you're at, but you'll move through every system quite quickly. You will leave things. You won't be able to cover everything because it's impossible to cover all of the information in one year and really even two years. So a lot of it is down to you. I think also another thing, like, like you just mentioned, um, when it comes to even small things like transport, for example, it takes me about an hour to get into uni. So I'd like to say that I use that time efficiently, but I don't. I just prepare myself mentally for when I'm going in and then I just decompress afterwards. But you definitely could spend that time wisely. I think time management is something that um, you really have to master. I would say, you know, kind of you're waking up early in the morning in order to do your commute to get to the hospital for the ward round that starts at what usually before nine o'clock in my experience, some as early as 730 you're then trying to spend as much time there getting as much experience as possible in order to get your mandatory placement hours to meet the university or the FPA's requirement coming home realizing you've got dissertation to write or whatever for your revision to do but I think yeah making sure that the time that you're saying you're revising or working is productive and actually kind of ticking off things rather than just pretending you're revising um but also giving yourself the nights off in the week to have some downtime catch up on tv and make sure that you're well rested for you know keeping it sustainable throughout the week throughout the term throughout the year because it does just keep going Brilliant. Alana, as the national student rep for PA students on the Faculty of PA's board, could you just set the scene for us in terms of how many numbers of PA students there are and where they are dotted across the country and and those sorts of data questions? Yeah, of course. So I think at the moment there are um, 38 PA courses um, in the UK um, as far out as Ulster, up in Aberdeen, um, across in in Bangor, Swansea, um, and then all over England as well, with quite a few in London. Uh, the most recent uh, starting course being the University of East London, um, all with you know variable number of PA students on their course. Uh, but I think on last kind of totting up from the reports from how many people were on the course from the university representatives. We weren't too far off uh, you know, 2,000 or so. And then the recent FPA census has shown just under 1,200 PA students were FPA student members. One of the issues I know affects students, I guess, of, of any university studying any subject, but in particular healthcare students and PA students acutely, is funding. And student loans can be really expensive, tuition fees, and then... On a course like ours to be a PA, you're studying full time. Effectively, we've heard how intense the course is and you're spending hours either at university every day or on placements in hospitals and GP surgeries. 
what's it important to know about in terms of funding and money when it comes to being a PA student? So funding and finances are something that really needs to be considered when you're in looking into the course. There is funding that comes from the government in the form of the master's loan, which I think is around 11.5 to 12k, depending on which year you started your studying in. Um, but that is only the master's course students that are eligible for that and not anyone that's studying under a postgraduate diploma of which many of the PA courses are. Um, there is also the £5,000 that comes from Health Education England which is kind of like a bursary you get that it doesn't have to be paid back. Both of those amounts of money are split over the two years um so you know even that doesn't even cover two years worth of tuition fees uh let alone any living cost travel expenses for placement buying any equipment it you really do have to carefully consider your options um so there are also private loans that are available for postgraduate studies from various providers for various sums of money um they do take into consideration your credit score and uh, your future earnings and employability prospects. They may well ask for a guarantor, but these are something that are a viable option for people on the postgraduate diploma course that don't get that government master's loan um, if they do need to look for further funding. I think also something that's important to consider before you go into it, just for you to be aware and also maybe plan for, is that there are small expenses that really end up adding up at the end of everything. So for me, massively, it was transport. You know, I, I live in London, commuting to university, commuting to all the different hospitals, no matter how long it took, that really ends up taking a toll. So whether it's a combination of buses and the underground and everything, or whether you're driving there. So I think being aware of that is important and maybe planning on how to avoid it. So maybe you can cycle there. Maybe you can just find a friend that you can commute together with another thing that you wouldn't really think of but actually lunch becomes kind of a prominent issue so just make sure that you can either definitely afford to have lunch out every single day or meal prep I know I definitely did meal prep in any of my undergraduate studies but I really have to do it every single day now and small things like you'll have to buy your own stethoscope I'd say that there's not that much there's not too many things that you'd need to buy for this course. There really aren't that many books or any kind of courses or anything like that. But there are certain things that you need to look out for. I think especially in the build up to nationals and university final exams, I found having a membership to a question bank quite quite useful. So yeah, it's shopping around and kind of waiting to see what does turn up for that kind of thing as well can can be really beneficial. And it's worth saying as well, isn't it, that once you've gone through your university final exams and you still have nationals to come, nationals cost £800 or so to sit. And unfortunately, that's not even including any travel up to Liverpool or accommodation to stay the night either before or after the exam as well. Yes, it's a really good point to make sure that people are aware of the sort of financial implications of the course. Not so that it sounds also doom and gloom, though. It is a wonderful course. It is very intense and it's an incredibly interesting course to study. 
and you do come out as a physician associate at the end of it into a career that is very rewarding in my opinion and job prospects are good for PAs in the UK at the moment demand is really high to employ PAs and I think it's going to be a really worthwhile and fulfilling career what have been some of the highlights for you as PA students in your time studying? So that's a really good point. I feel like we have been not negative. We've been very realistic so far in this podcast, but actually there are so, so many great things that come with the, with the course and with the career further on. Something that I didn't really even expect is that the time that you have on placement is so rewarding. I think one of the positives that you have to think about when it comes to the PA course and things like placements and then later on in your career is that you genuinely will have so many moments that are so rewarding, especially when it comes to patients. And they all come in different forms. But even me having done this placement only for for two months, I've already had so many encounters that I genuinely will carry for the rest of my life. You meet so many interesting people and you you meet them in such interesting situations that you just wouldn't have in any other career. So something I was very aware of is that I wasn't sure how different healthcare professionals and patients would react to, to this role because it is a very new role. A lot of people don't know what to expect from it and the perception of it hasn't really been established yet. So I was very wary of how people will perceive us, but actually I've been massively surprised as to how highly regarded PAs are when it comes to consultants and registrars. On my last placement, the consultant called us little pieces of treasure. And that was just such a nice feeling because then you feel like, okay, going into my career, people are like PAs are respected. Yeah, I agree. I think it is mixed, but there there are highlights. Um, I'd say one of my personal highlights has definitely been my time with the, the FPA over the last year, being able to be there for students, raise concerns, answer queries, ensure they feel supported and heard. I would thoroughly encourage anyone to look into spending some of their student years with the FPA as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate you being so open and honest about the realities of life as a physician associate student. And I think it will have been helpful for other people to hear as well. Some of the points that you've been making will really resonate, I'm sure. I guess my last question is, if somebody's heard this episode and it's sparked off questions, where would you point people to go to find out more about physician associates, PA students, and to find out more about sort of options that are open to them? What helped me the most is actually looking at people that have Instagrams, like PAs or students that have Instagrams. And yeah, because you get, you just get like these like human, you know, experiences, like people talking about it, not just yeah. like a website. Yeah, I think you're right. I think social media is a growing resource for looking into PAs. Bit of a plug, unintentional, but my Instagram inbox is always open um, at physician associate underscore Alana. Um, I'm always happy to answer questions or queries, whether it be about the writing course, specifically PAs in general, helping out with an application or interview. I'm a big advocate for for the role, so always happy to give my advice, um, but also the FPA website. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me on the PA podcast. I really appreciate you giving up the time. And I'll leave some links to your Instagram page, Alana, and the Faculty of PAs um, student section. Um, that we talked about in the show notes so that people can find out how to get in touch 
just by looking on their device. Thank you so much for joining me on the episode and thanks to you for listening as well. I hope that that was a really useful episode for you to find out more about life as a PA student. If you've got any questions or you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm on social media as well at PA Podcast UK. And I hope you'll join me again for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Precision Associate Podcast.